we are living on the edge over here. They've been in business for seven years, and they still don't know what they're doing. I guess the podcast seemed natural. Here's Founder Quest. I was looking through our accounts this morning and uh, just doing some database checking and looking at some accounts that had been in our database for like seven years. Like, oh yeah, yeah, I, I remember them. And like, oh, they're, you know, like old friends, basically. Uh-huh. Like, oh yeah, the memories. memories, yeah, you know. Yeah, that's funny. Last week, I remember it just hit me in the middle of the week. I was making jokes about like our customers and like squeezing blood from turnips. And <laughs> I just feel like I should point out that those were jokes specifically because like it's kind of absurd that we would do that because we treat our customers <laughs> maybe too well. I don't know. But I and realize not everybody there are those, know me personally and realize there are I'm those joking. who will <laughs> too. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. And they go on to um, run private equity firms. Right. (laughs) My thoughts exactly. (laughs) Oh, dear. (laughs) We won't say who. Yeah, no names. We'll name names for our Patreon supporters. (laughs) Right. (laughs) They'll get get the special feed where we just like dish (laughs) on everybody. (laughs) <laughs> this is where we announce we're setting up our Patreon for a minimum minimum contribution of $1,000 a month. <laughs> That's genius. Get oh my God, can story. you imagine? That would be amazing. Like all the secret, like <laughs> insider backroom knowledge. We have enough for about to fill up about like like 10 minutes of a show. It could be the, the Founder Quest extended edition, right? So in, in the normal edition, we just cover the percentages, but in the extended <laughs> edition, we have real numbers, right? That's oh, amazing, there actually. You go. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like that. So I don't know if you know of Ben Thompson. He writes Stratechery. Mm-hmm. Wait, fantastic. say that again? Stratechery. I, uh, I was just listening to Thompson. the daily update today. Okay. Or catching yeah, up on daily updates. It's, he, so he's, he like started paid newsletter back before paid newsletters were cool. You know, fantastic writer, good stuff, uh, talks about tech and, and legal and all kinds of fun things that we kind of care about. And uh, he and Gruber uh, of Daring Fireball fame recently started a paid podcast yeah. recently. I mean, it's been it's been a few months, several months now. It's still kind of new to me. So I subscribe to that as well. It's, and I love their format. It's it's 15 minutes, no more, no less, three times a week. And they just talk about the stuff that's currently going on. The same kinds of things that you would find at Gruber's site or at uh, Thompson's site. Mm-hmm. So, you know, tech and legal and society and, and stuff. And so current events. Yeah. Paid podcast. Man, that's yeah. where it's at. It's, like, it's awesome. Yeah. It's they, they basically like just set a timer. And then at the end of like when it starts to run out, they play this like little time running out, you know, like stopwatch thing. And then it just cuts it off. Like if they're they have to like wrap it, they have to wrap it up or it's just, you know, they I think it cuts them off mid sentence. <laughs> Yeah, they have some tight. They're pretty good. Out. They're pretty it's good. At the, How yeah. much does it cost? I'm curious. Five dollars uh, a month, I, I think. Yeah, it's. it's I pay. Okay, annually, so it's not like yeah. it's not like a luxury exclusive. Um, not, no. Type, type no, it's, product. It's, it's not super premium like Founder Quest Extended Edition. <laughs> right. Exactly. <laughs> but I imagine thousand dollars a month. <laughs> I imagine with their audience, five dollars a month adds up. <laughs> yeah, I imagine it does. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, ours is SOC2 compliant. Right, <laughs> right. We got compliance on our side. The other thing I found interesting about their format or about uh, like how they how they sell it is that they also bundle, like Ben, for instance, with Stratechery bundles, you can buy dithering with your Stratechery subscription. Um, and I think it yeah. gives you like a, maybe a bundle discount or something like slight, yeah. 
and I don't know if Gruber does the same thing or or what. But By I think dithering is that the name of the dithering is the dithering. name of the pot. Yeah. The oh, name okay. Of the I thought you meant like I thought you meant like image dithering. Oh. <laughs> or maybe <laughs> no. I yeah I I was really confused there for a second. Yeah, I, would, I guess it would be help if we told people what the name is. So yeah, but yeah, I thought that I was interesting. It. So you can buy it through their I don't know what their website is. Just search dithering. But yeah, you can subscribe there or you can subscribe to both. Put in the show notes. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I have the bundle and it's, yeah, it's totally worth it. Like if you're into tech and you're into like modern, you know, antitrust and, you know, things like that, that's, it's totally worth it. Yeah. Tech and society. Yep. We should get him on the pod. Yeah. That'd be cool. Actually, As it was, the kids it was say kinda, these days. It was, it was you know, we should get on this podcast. I've been saying we should get this person on forever. Barack Hussein Obama. Oh, <laughs> speaking of, yeah. I'm reading his book, his latest book. Yeah. Oh, really? That is an excellent book. You should definitely check it out. What's it, What's it is, called yeah. again? I, I don't know. I just read it. I don't look at the cover. Yeah. But it's great. Uh, it's um, like the, the writing is just top notch. Like the man is a genius. And not, not that I like, you know, know him or he owes me a favor yeah. or anything. It's just he's well, I mean, obviously he's well spoken. I mean, he's got good evidence of that over his eight years of his presidency. But just the, the book is basically a reflection of his experiences, you know, leading up to becoming president. And that's, that's as far as I've gotten so far. Like I've gotten to like election night, he just won. But the, hmm. the way that he writes, just the conversational style and, and the, the context that he brings into his experiences running for president, uh, it's just, it's a great read. Nice. Well, cool. We'll have to check it out. We had the weirdest, the weirdest thing, the weirdest like madness of crowd thing happened last night in our household. So I'm just going to tell the story. It's not related to Founder Quest, but it's, I mean, I guess you could make it a Everything point is you, related to Yeah, everything Founder is related. Quest. So, I, you know, I can tie it back to marketing. Like, look at this. <laughs> look, look at me. So this friend group, like, texted us last night and was like, hey, you know, on the down low, there's like this clinic that has a bunch of like COVID vaccine. It's about to expire and you can just like go sign up for an appointment there and um, because it's about to expire, like they're just, they just want whoever, right? And, you know, like we heard stories about this happening at various places. And we're like, okay, I, I guess this is fine. So we like go on and like make an appointment and everything. And then about like an hour later, we're just sitting around and being like, this just seems a little weird, right? Like if it's about to expire, like how can I make an appointment for next week? It just seems a little off. And so we started asking around and it turns out that like everybody, like it's like so many different people we knew had gotten like a special on the lowdown tip from like their friends. <sighs> this was like, there was a batch of vaccine about to expire. And then um, in a parenting group, somebody in DC posted about, it's like, hey, have you heard this thing that's going around? It's like, there's this batch of vaccine, it's about to expire. And so we canceled our appointments and so did everybody else in that, in that group. And so I was thinking about this and like, to me, like, this is just a case of like, just terrible technical communication because like, not only does each state have their own vaccine tiers and whatever, but like Washington state's vaccine tiers are just incredibly complex and like they have a big, like page long chart and I could barely follow it. And it was just, you know, and I'm used to looking at big charts. So <laughs> like nobody, no like normal sane person actually going to read this whole thing through. You end up with a situation where people just aren't really clear on the, on the rules. It doesn't really seem like 
the authority in charge is like trustworthy because there's apparently all this vaccine that's going to waste. I mean, I guess that's that's real. I've heard stories and and uh, and read articles about it. And then like the actual tiers are based on an honor system. So you get in this weird situation where it's like you could like in, you know, acting in good faith, end up sort of like skipping ahead in line and getting something that you really don't, you know, you shouldn't be getting right then. You haven't really necessarily done anything wrong except kind of like convince yourself to not really look too hard at the situation. Mm -hmm. So yeah, so like I said, we canceled. So we're not, you know, we're not line skippers. Although, you know, if I'm if I'm at Walgreens picking up my prescription one day and and the nurse is just like, hey, like, you know. And like some guy in a trench and, coat like <laughs> opens up his jacket and is like, I've got st- I've got vaccines. Yeah. <laughs> They're about to expire. Yeah, I'm just gonna follow that man into his van <laughs> and um, get my vaccine and be safe. <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> so for any of our listeners, if uh if you're looking for vaccines, they're about to expire. <laughs> Tying it back into marketing, I realized that this this thing sort of combined a bunch of like marketing type um, techniques, I guess, right? There's like a time limit first, right? Um, it's like, okay, this is expiring by Wednesday or whenever. There's limited quantities, act now. There's like a big, big sort of like discount situation, right? It's like, you don't have to wait. You don't have to go through all this, this hassle, right? It's like, you can instead just like pay this one low, low price and get this delivered right to your door. And, and oh, yeah, fear. there's there's like social stuff. Yeah, there's social stuff because like, it's like, well, like these people signed up for an appointment. Like, I guess it's okay. Sure. Uh, Wait, so we're describing a scam, right? And there, I don't know the, if it's a scam. I think it's just like a chain letter situation. Yeah. And there was a clear call to action, right? Yeah, there's so, a clear call to action. It was sort of a weird, this isn't really a marketing thing unless you're, maybe it's like a multi-level marketing thing. I don't know, because... It's like, it seems like you have this source of firsthand or I guess secondhand knowledge. It's like, okay, like our friend who we trust has a good friend who works in a clinic and like has this inside information. And that's sort of like, not ex- that's not how it was, right? That was our sort of assumptions and perception of the situation based on sort of the limited information we had, you know, from some text messages. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's kind of what it seemed like they were saying. But in fact, nobody really knows exactly where the like original thing come, came from. The friend who works in the clinic was actually just sort of like, I don't know, like it, it's possible. <laughs> like they didn't really, they didn't really know. So it's so weird. It's so weird to me um, how we're seeing just it's almost like a run on the bank situation or just this emergent behavior where a bunch of people acting in good faith, reasonably, sort of create this, the stampede, I guess. But fortunately, fortunately, it's easy to cancel. I guess hopefully no harm done. Well, the good news is that that, that many people want the vaccine, that that's effective. So that's, that's a good sign. In Seattle, at least. Oh, yeah. To, totally, totally. <laughs> Yeah. And I mean, the, the website was like not really being super responsive. It was like it was under heavy load, which it took, it took a minute for that to sink in me. Like, wait a second. It's like, why is this website? Why are all these slots like booking up so quickly? If this is like a special one time only <laughs> situation. 
And then on the confirmation page, they ask you for your bank login. You're like, wait a minute, why, why do you need my bank login info? <laughs> oh no, it was like a legit, like this was from, from Swedish. Like it was a, it's a legit clinic. It's totally legit um, clinic. I think it was just, I don't know. I don't know. Or maybe, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I like missed my only chance at survival. Like we'll, we'll never know. I don't know. I'm thinking there must've been something related to Bitcoin in this whole scenario. <laughs> <laughs> I had someone the other day like, you know, have you, have you seen the price of Bitcoin? I'm like, no, uh, it's like $30,000. I'm like, wow. I said, you should totally buy some. I'm like, uh, why? Because <laughs> it's going to go up. I'm like, you realize you just described a Ponzi scheme. <laughs> like, but, but I'm like, it's no, not, not going to happen. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Bitcoin's so shady. It's like, not going to lie. I wish I had like mined some Bitcoins back in the day. Seriously. But, Seriously. Yeah. 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 But it's like, if I ever bought Bitcoin, it would basically... I, it, it would be basically like buying a lottery ticket. Right. It's just like, this is just gambling. Yeah. You know, well, although I do, I do really feel bad for those individuals that have that problem with the Bitcoin wallet, you know, where they have lost their password and now they can't get their millions of dollars. Oh my God. That would be yeah. so devastating. Oh, I know. I just, that would kill me. So, you know, maybe it's good that I didn't do that mining because I, I probably <laughs> would have got the password. <laughs> totally. Yeah. Those, um, well, not for me because I use the same password for like decades until <laughs> until I realized that was incredibly stupid. Yeah, I mean, those people's grandchildren are going to be really sick of hearing about how <laughs> <laughs> this wallet's oh going to be passed down for generations. <laughs> Like, like some like some people, treasure chest in yeah Grand attic it's good yeah like i just imagine like the movies made about you know like you ever see national treasure like i was thinking the same like thing the it's family like national treasure three <laughs> it's like the search for the digging through the family records to like try to figure out what the password might have been totally yeah it's like, oh, where, where was, where was grandpa living at this time? Yeah. And they go back and they reconstruct, oh, it was the barbershop across the street. And his name was, you know, such and such. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I've got a business idea for somebody, <laughs> for somebody, it might be a terrible idea. Okay. So we've got all these people with wallets who can't get into them because they don't know the password. I assume it's like really expensive at the moment to crack those passwords, right? I imagine it's one of those situations where it would take you know, a lot of computing power working for hundreds of years or whatever to crack it. You know, maybe in 50 years, though, um, we'll have quantum computers and mm -hmm. that'll be easy. So, you know, you just buy people's locked wallets at a steep discount, like for a hundred bucks, you know, I'll buy your used, you know, actually, like, I'll do this. Yeah. 10 bucks. I'll buy you like <laughs> your unused Bitcoin wallet. I have to figure out how to verify that it's actually a Bitcoin wallet. And, um, I'll sell it, you, mine. you know, honor system, <laughs> honor system. That's got to have stuff in it. <laughs> you can't give me an empty one. <laughs> and yeah. And then we'll just hold on to these for 50 years until the quantum computing happens. And then we'll just open them and Bitcoin will be worth like a million dollars a coin by then. Cause it's only going up. This is after you freeze your head, right? Yes. <laughs> okay. I just want to be, I want to be clear. It might be a while, but we'll, there you we'll go. There. Totally. I'll memorize the data for all the wallets. Yeah. Or I don't know, they can stick like a zip disk in with my frozen head. <laughs> yeah. You know, speaking of obsolescence, that, that, that'd be my concern. Like 50 years from now, we've probably moved on to Bitcoin, you know? Ah, oh, that's good. 
<laughs> We're gonna be at what a nerd coin. <laughs> <laughs> Coin 64. Coin 64. <laughs> well, I did something new this week. My, my goal of you know, doing new stuff and getting out of my comfort zone a bit to try and grow the business, I put together the beginnings of a roadmap. And uh, it's kind of new for like anybody. This is intriguing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We, we, we haven't done roadmaps before. Wait, ever. you mean we're going to have a plan? We're going to have a plan. <laughs> well, maybe. <laughs> So I sat down and, and put down some notes on things that I thought I'd like to deliver in 2021. And yeah, I think this is actually the farthest out I've ever like in detail thought about <laughs> plans. I'm liking this idea, like coming up with things I want to get done mm -hmm. and actually putting them on the calendar. That's, that was the novel part for me. It's like, oh, and when would I schedule this chunk of work? Oh, I can put it there. You know, that was, so we'll see how that goes. Like, you know, it's early days, like we're, we're just getting started, but I'm, uh, Gonna give this a good good college try this year. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I I want to get back to setting deadlines better and meeting them. Y'all yeah. are on your own. And I just work. I work like an artist. No <laughs> I'm gonna do something doubly crazy. We never publicize future plans. Oh, I'm, yeah? going, I'm going to right now reveal oh one gosh, of the really? items from our roadmap. Okay, what's one of the items? We're going to be deploying support for React Native what in q1 yes awesome i'm planting my flag in the sand <laughs> <laughs> there we go so kevin's working on something else right now and uh but scheduled for like february i think is when i scheduled it starting starting february josh and i in particular are going to be working on updates to our our pipeline that will allow us to process react native payloads so we can launch yeah. that sometime in march hopefully but maybe april well, that would be awesome. I look forward to learning more about that. <laughs> yeah, we're excited. Like this has been something that our customers have been asking for for years. So uh, looking forward to having that. It's yeah. our first foray into anything native, I would say, right? Yep. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. So I wouldn't so. be too surprised if following on pretty soon after that, there are things like you know, native iOS SDK support and things like that. So yeah. So stay tuned to see how that goes. Well, that sounds awesome. It's like, I think it's, you know, it was good of us to wait until we're like sure that mobile is actually here to stay. For real. Um, we, we, mm -hmm. if we, we played it right. We on the bandwagon right. back in 2017 or 20, <laughs> I'm sorry, 2007. <laughs> that would have just been too soon. Yes. I did something too that was a little bit outside my, my comfort area um, this week, or, which was, so, as I'm sure our listeners are tired of hearing, I've been working on blog stuff and having third-party authors do work for us and everything. And it's been about a year since we, we started this. And when, when I first started out, I hadn't really, I didn't know what I was doing. Yeah. So, we're just sort of like building things as we went along, figuring out how this all worked. Um, I wasn't really too concerned about what particular types of articles I wanted. I mean. I, I had an idea and, and everything, but I, you know, somebody proposed an article and it was a little bit different from what I, I thought would, you know, be fine. I was like, okay, sure. Cause I wanted to throw some spaghetti at the wall, you know, see what stuck. And, you know, if I had, if I had been very particular about those things, it would have just been my guesses, right? It would have just been like my personal opinion. Um, so I didn't really see why I, I should, 
I, I just wanted to keep things open and, and see, see what worked. Well, you know, fast forward, record scratch. A year later, we have an idea of sort of what has worked and what has worked less well and everything in terms of article topics and everything, but then also in terms of the back end, like uh, what payment methods we can use um, for people conveniently, like where are our, really, our real pain points on the um, administration side of things. And so I had to essentially write a big letter to our authors and be like, hey, like, here's some changes. Like, you know, we are no longer support. We're no longer going to be able to pay by certain payment methods. We are uh, limiting our topics to these languages and stuff like this. And I was really worried that I was going to get a lot of angry replies, but I haven't gotten any. Um, so I, I don't know. Like the thing that made me a little bit nervous about it was that all of our authors, if they're still writing for us, have done a, 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 a ranging from a good job to an excellent job. And so like, I don't know, it, it feels weird to be like, okay, we're doing things different th through no fault of yours. I don't want to pull the rug out from anybody. Like I feel a lot of like compassion for people who are maybe, you know, expecting their writing for us to continue going in a certain direction. And uh, then maybe it changes. So I don't know, that was that kind of made me a little bit nervous, but it's, it's worked out so far. And, and I think going forward, I think it's going to be a lot better for the business. It's going to sort of run a lot more smoothly. And um, hopefully everybody will just, you know, be happy and continue writing great content for us. I should mention another uncomfortable thing that we're going to be doing is we're really hoping to publish some PHP content soon. So if you're a PHP developer and you want to write for us, go to our blog and look for the Write For Us page and get in touch. I'd love to talk to you. Thanks. Cool. PHP so, Laravel. Yet, yet another bit of uncomfortableness. It's kind of funny. So I had my one-on-one -on -one with Kevin this past week, and that's not uncomfortable. That's actually kind of fun. <laughs> I, I, I like chatting with Kevin. But uh, the uncomfortable bit is that uh, this year, uh, for Kevin, it's going to be this first annual review because we started doing annual reviews late last year with with Ben. That was our first one ever for Honey Badger, and now our second one and our, our first one with Kevin. I said, oh, right. I did our first annual review. Yeah, I didn't yeah, know that. You, you totally did. Yeah. I, I thought you had been doing them. No, okay. I'm just a good actor. Okay. So, <laughs> so, so you, yeah, just, you just inherently look like you know what you're doing. <laughs> I told Kevin, so next month we're going to have a, a, an annual review, not just a normal one on one. And I was like, but, you know, don't worry. It's not going to be all that different. We're not going to be doing like virtual trust falls or anything. <laughs> <laughs> Just so, so, yeah, we're, we're growing up as a company. We're Honey Badgers getting on up there in years. Yep. Annual reviews, roadmaps. I don't, uh, like where this is, I don't like where this is going. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> yeah, I got a little uh, room divider from Ikea to put in front of my desk to kind of just mean that, you know, uh, create less visual distraction behind me. And I realize it kind of looks like a cubicle. I mean, it's a very nice cubicle, but it's kind of like, you know, it's kind of a cube. You, you give the, the ferret its freedom and it comes running back to you because it wants the nice, warm, cozy. Not that I've ever given a ferret its freedom before. <laughs> yeah, that's, yeah, that's a strange, <laughs> that's strangely specific. specific. <laughs> it's okay if you have, then. <laughs> that's all right. <laughs> I've actually never had ferrets, but I had a cousin that had ferrets and they were fun to play with. I had a roommate who had one once. Uh, yeah, they're, they're pretty mischievous little critters. We're all about rodents. <laughs> are, honey, are badges rodents? 
I don't know. I don't know. We really should know that. We should know that. <laughs> so what have you done this uncomfortable, Josh? This podcast episode. <laughs> Discomfort. I'm, I'm doing it now. <laughs> yeah. So you're existing in this world today. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I don't really have an answer for that. That's fine. I don't. I, I worked on. I worked on JavaScript this week. Oh, that, that counts. Count. I guess that counts. But uh, the good news actually is that I think I'm ready to ship that project finally and uh, get it off my plate. So. Oh, awesome. Yeah. So that's our unified front end and back end together, like Node package. Yeah, universal uh, npm package for browser and Node server side JavaScript. So no more splitting the package like two packages. Which is handy. I mean, it's it's also nice. Like, I in the process of uh, combining these libraries, I was able to like combine the documentation for them as well. Because like JavaScript, before we had like two sections, like one for Node and one for browser JavaScript, and everything was kind of like had its own. It was all split up. But since it's both JavaScript, it was really nice to be able to share a lot more. Like basically, the packages and the documentation, everything can now be like share a single core or single base. I'm curious, could you tell me like, um, like under the hood, how much of the code is shared? Most of the code is shared actually. Um, there's, so it's like split up. It's a single package. Some people, when they do this, they like use a, like, like a mono repo type design, which like basically combines a lot of different packages into a single one. So you might have like a core package and then you have an NPM and a browser package that are all separate. But I opted to just build a single package that, um, NPM actually has a feature where you can deliver different um, like entry points based on the environment that is installing the package like into your app. So it knows if you're a client side, like a browser application, or if you're, if you're a server side application, and it gives you the right, like basically entry point into the library. So basically like, I just have like, a, like, I guess like three, uh, three namespaces kind of there's core server and browser and uh, most of the most of the stuff is in core and then anything that is like environment specific. So like in browsers, like anything that depends on window, for instance, which will blow up in a node environment that has to be in the browser package. So all of the like, you know, like window on error integration and other things we instrument, basically it just loads those and then installs them into the core client package. And yeah. And then the server does the same thing. Oh, awesome. Yeah, I could... Uh... I could see it going either way, but um, it's really interesting that you, you, you didn't really split it into sort of multiple packages and then just combine them. Mm -hmm. well, speaking of shipping stuff, that reminded me, I had this random thought as I was uh, looking at the, the uh, roadmap and scheduling things and thinking about you know, time cycles and stuff like that. And the random thought I had was maybe after every thing we ship, after every, you know, I don't want to call it a sprint because we're not doing like capital A agile, but okay. Lowercase sprint after every cycle that we do, maybe we should just take a vacation three to five days off after every launch. Yeah. That's not a bad idea. That kind of lines up with the vacation cycle that I had come up with last year, which was like basically based on like observing my burnout cycle. So like, you know, I mean, it's, it's good to, Cause like, I usually have the tendency to put off, like I keep, I always like, you know, start saying, I really, it's about time to like take some time off. And then three months later, <laughs> I'm taking time off out of necessity. So 
yeah, if we had some sort of cycle that actually like prevented that and kept us uh, fresh all the time, that would be great. Yeah, that's an interesting idea. How long are these cycles, do you think? Well, I don't know yet, but uh, you know, I read the uh, Shape Up book from, from Basecamp and they have six week cycles. They, they try to, well, maybe not, maybe try is the wrong word. I think they're pretty strict about setting their work so that they will not spend more than six weeks on a particular project. That's their, their appetite. And so I was thinking, well, we could shoot for six weeks and see how that goes. And so I've been, I've been thinking of these projects in terms of six week timeframes, but I don't know if I want to be particularly strict about that, but that's just kind of where I'm thinking right now. Yeah, that could be good. Like, I you, like the idea of, uh, of that sort of cadence. Yeah. If you haven't had a chance to read Shape Up, then uh, you should definitely check it out. It's a quick read and it's good, good stuff in there, even if you don't like follow their, uh, I, I don't know if you, it might be a bit much to call it a methodology, but, uh, but it, it is a good, I think it's a good approach. I like what they've done. Now we don't have the 50 or 70 people that they have where we split up multiple teams and doing all this kind of stuff. So mm-hmm. it may not apply as well to our scenario, our situation, but. Uh, yeah, it would thought, be more like, like a ideas, one, one or a two team company, right? Right. right. Yeah. I guess what we do, we're all designers here. So they pair like designers and developers together, right? On each team. Yeah. 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 Although it would be pretty awesome to have a full time designer dedicated person. That would, yeah. that would rock. Our design would get a lot better. <laughs> Definitely would. <laughs> Yeah, when you say we're all designers, it means that nobody's really. Designer. Yeah, that's what that means. <laughs> so we'll see if this uh, first quarter goes well, then we'll keep doing it. Well, cool. We can circle back on the podcast and um, see how it it worked out. Yeah, yeah. When, you know, one of the things that's been rolling around in my brain is just what Josh said, and it's been coming back to me a lot. Is you know, we we did a lot of stuff in 2020, but not a lot of things you can really point to, like and tell a customer, hey, look at this, you know, cool new thing. I'm now thinking, okay, what are some, you know, bigger projects that would have a little more visibility that we can get a little more excited about? And uh, so trying to, you know, trying to rein myself in, but uh, I got a bunch of ideas for things I think would be really cool to work on. And so if we can, if we can find a cadence that works, then I have, I think at least four or five, maybe six projects that we could throw ourselves at. Nice. I will say like, Kevin did some stuff in 2020. <laughs> did, yeah, did, did, did we do yeah. actions? Was actions 2020 or was yeah, that? Yeah. Yeah. So like we did, yeah. like he did some cool stuff that actually was uh, like he was, he focused on some user facing stuff. Yeah. So was dark mode 2022 or was that? Oh, it might've been. Say, oh my I God. I should so really old. do a recap. We should go I'm back. Just like, and... was that this year or was that five years ago? I don't know. <laughs> Yeah. yeah anyway, I know really we good. did. Yeah, we did do some things, but uh, yeah, yeah. Personally, I felt did. like yeah, I felt like I was more like just filling in everywhere else, and that gets old. Yeah, I think I think Kevin's been maybe working on the most um, front end feature or most, the most like customer visible mm-hmm. features. Yeah. Yeah. Personally, I find that with the work I'm doing lately, it's like. Like at the end of the day, I'll just be like, oh, I've got to like finish this thing. Like I, I'm not, like, I've got to stop slacking off and get some real work done. And it's just like, wait a second. It's like, I have been like working every minute of today. It's just been all, it's been like sending emails and doing stuff like that, which doesn't feel like real work somehow. So mm. yep. I don't know. I just have to remind myself that like, okay, like management stuff is actual work. It takes actual time. 
and it's not me slacking off. Like, why does my brain do this thing where it's like, it's like, okay, start. You have been being lazy and slacking off all day um, because you've only been writing emails to people about the work that they're doing. And it's such a weird thing. Yeah. I think it's, it's probably some of that like developer background mindset. Like if, if I'm not seeing code getting ready, then work's not getting done. <laughs> yeah, I think so. And because like you don't really see any of your, like with development, you have a very quick feedback cycle. It's like you type some code, you run it, you see that it works. Like, okay, that bit of code yeah. has been typed. Um, but with this, it's just like, you know, okay, I've just got to like nudge, I got to nudge this thing over here and we'll see if that works out in a month. And it's just, it's so much more vague. Mm -hmm. yep. Yep. Well, I think it's going to be a good year. Yeah, I think so too. All right. So this has been another wonderful episode of Founder Quest. Yay. If you want to review us, that's awesome. You can, if you're interested in writing for us, especially if you're a PHP developer, just go to our, you know, blog at honeybadger.io forward slash blog and look for the right first link. And yeah, until then, you know, stay alive. Don't go near, you know, the capital. And <laughs> that's, I'll that's try all I gotta to. say. Okay. Yeah. I'm talking to you, Josh, especially. I, yeah. I may have bought ballistic armor this week. <laughs> Holy let's, I think we need to stop and clarify something. This is for your hobby of like going and being a photojournalist at different <laughs> <Yes>. like protests. <laughs> you're not like yeah, actually I'm not the a, one like you're not actually the I'm person. I'm not engaged like, in battle. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> against Thank the government. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> it's just like, it's, we can't just say that and then end the podcast because that is just <laughs> mic drop. <laughs> yes. We are fans of the living in the United States of America in this, this show. We don't want that to change. So, all right. Well, see you guys later and see you next week. Founder Quest is a weekly podcast by the founders of Honey Badger. Zero instrumentation, 360 degree coverage of errors, outages, and service degradations for your web apps. If you have a web app, you need it. Available at honeybadger.io. Want more from the founders? Go to founderquestpodcast.com. That's one word where you can access our huge back catalog of episodes. FounderQuest is available on iTunes, Spotify, and other purveyors of fine podcasts. We'll see you next week. <laughs>